Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murrin, and I'm the host of the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode with the first ever female guest on the show, Jade Sheely. The support on that interview was great to see on social media. But we move along with episode 34 today, and I can't believe that it's been this long since this fighter first joined me on Forge in Ohio. Time has gone by so fast. He was on episode 7 back in December. Since then, he's picked up two wins in MMA. He won the Cage Thunder Light Heavyweight Championship and has already booked another fight for July 15th. It's the one and only Nasty Nick Nash. Thanks for making your way in studio for the second time, Nick, and welcome back to Forged in Ohio. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jake. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. So let's start with your most recent win at Cage Thunder 21 over Kyle Crum for the light heavyweight title. It was the much-anticipated main event of the night, and I was in attendance, and I'm not kidding when I tell you that I felt that big fight feel in the crowd that night. What were your emotions like heading into that fight? For the most part, I had a cool head. Um, I just knew I was trying to stay calm um, because it was a big moment. It it was pretty crazy. You know, like every intermission, they're like, Nash versus Crum, and just like hearing my name announced is kind of funny. But yeah, I was really just trying to stay calm and just put on the best performance I could. I mean, I know my game plan. So I was thinking about in the back, I just try to relax and stay as as cool of a head as I can, um, conserve all my energy for the fight. And I think I did that pretty well. Yeah, were you able to kind of stay calm going into the cage and making that walk? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I get, I get, everyone's going to get up a little bit, you know, get a little antsy. But yeah, it was, I felt good. Yeah. How badly did you want to beat Kyle Crum that night? Because there seemed to be a bit of bad blood between the two of you, or at least I think between the two teams as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it was more of the teams than anything. I really wasn't into the beef. I mean, Kyle was always respectful to me. He was very nice. And he always, even after the fight, he showed a lot of respect towards me. And he was a class act after. But yeah, a lot of the beef was just my teammates and my, and some stuff his coach said. Um, yeah, there was some weird buildup, but I don't have any personal drama with anyone. Um, I'm just looking to fight the best guys and keep winning and doing what I'm doing. Was it weird being in the middle of that, being in the fight itself and having the two teams feud with one another? Yeah, you know, it, it was pretty weird. <laughs> It was hilarious because we were in the corner um, in between the first and second round. And Terry, my coach, is just talking to uh, Kyle and Dave. And he's, like, screaming at him and, like, saying he's gassed, he's tired. And I'm like, Terry, talk to me. Like, <laughs> this is weird. Like, the first time – it was the first time I ever had a stool in a fight. We never usually have stools. So I was sitting down, like, and I was staring at him. And they were staring at us. It was It was a weird dynamic. But, I mean, in the end, it turned out good for us. Yeah, that it did. You mentioned focusing on the game plan prior to the fight. You wrestled in both rounds one and two, even though I believe it was Crum who initiated the wrestling in round two. Was the game plan going in to wrestle? Oh, yeah, definitely for the first round. I mean, I wanted to stand up a little bit more, but actually both rounds he shot on me. He initiated the wrestling, so my instinct is to just follow that and go with the wrestling because I knew i um pretty confident I had better wrestling than him. And uh, when we're in there, I just felt, you know, I, I was confident in my grappling, and when I got a hold of him, it was I just knew it was, it was a good route to take. Right, and you were on top of both positions in rounds one and two. It looked like he was attacking some type of submission from bottom position in the first round. Was anything there 
relatively close to getting you out of there in the first? Nah, he threw – I mean, I had half guard on him, and I was – I locked his leg, um, and I was holding him against the cage, and he kind of threw up a guillotine. I mean, he's strong. He's he's a really strong guy, so, I mean, I felt it, but it wasn't a dangerous of a submission. I just sat there and let him burn out his arms because I knew that's all it was doing, just burning out his arms. Yeah, um, and how important is that in round one, too, to make a, your opponent burn out his arms in a submission that really – isn't going to be there in the first round when you're on top. How important is that for you in your game plan? Oh, it's very important. And that, that was the game plan. Just tire him out. We knew he didn't have as good a cardio as me. So that was just take the wind out of his sails. Cause like you, I mean, as you can see, he's very explosive, very powerful. So it was kind of a boring fight. I don't really like fights like that. <laughs> it's usually not my style, but um, I had to be smart and get the belt and uh, be disciplined about my approach. Yeah, well, you did win 36 seconds into the second round via an arm triangle choke. Not only did you improve to 5-0 and and win that first amateur title, but all of your wins now have come via submission. How have you been able to find submissions in every single one of your fights so far? Yeah, I mean, it's not that I'm like an incredibly gifted jiu-jitsu artist. I'm very confident in my jiu-jitsu. I think it's very good. But a lot of it is just out cardioing the guy. I mean, my main weapon is my cardio. So I get him tired with whatever it is on the feet, wrestling, you know, whatever I can do to get him tired. That's what I do. And by that point, once you're tired, your defense definitely starts lacking a lot. I mean, that's when I can find my openings. And that's when I'm the best, just in a like a dog fight, you know, make it dirty. Absolutely. That is definitely your fighting style, yeah. just being a brawler out there in the cage. I may have asked you this the first time around, but are you still seeking your first win via knockout? Or is that something that you don't really think about? Yeah, I definitely don't think about it. It. It is kind of funny. I I never really thought I would win all submissions. I mean, towards the end now, I've kind of like tried to get submissions just because that's what my record is. But um, no, I mean, I never really think about it. I just go in there and try to do my best. And, you know, after a lot of action, we're both tired. That's when my game starts opening up. My jujitsu really works. Um, and that's just where, where what it's been so far. You mentioned the fight was boring in your own opinion. I don't think so. I, I would have loved to see you guys have stand and bang a little bit more, but the fight still absolutely delivered. How happy were you with your performance that night? I was very happy. I mean, I got the job done. That's all I can ask for, you know. And I'm always happy when I have stuff to improve on, too. You know, that keeps me hungry and keeps me motivated, keeps me in the gym. As long as I have something to improve on, I'm I'm happy, you know. I asked about the emotions heading into the fight. What about the emotions after the fight and winning your first amateur light heavyweight title? It's funny. Like after fights, you know, you're kind of happy for a couple of days, like elated. And then in reality, it kind of just goes away. I mean, because I, you know, was back at the gym on Monday, you know, just right back into the swing of things. It's it's really just about that yin and yang. Like I, uh, I try to study psychology a lot and I follow a lot of, you know, psychology people and whatnot and uh it's just like when you're super high like when you're super elated and you feel so great you want to like almost control yourself and bring yourself down a little bit and then when you're super down you got to force yourself to come back up so like for me it's just riding that line in the middle just being disciplined with my emotions with my training with you know the fight I mean everything's just about discipline sacrifice and uh just trying to keep that balance that yin and the yang it's really important to be be at your best. Yeah, that's interesting. So when did you eventually come off that high that was Cage Thunder 21? Uh, by Monday. Uh, Monday. Honestly, I think I was down off the high. I mean, it felt great on Saturday, obviously. You know, putting the belt on all my teammates and, you know, 
Yeah, you're putting the belt on everybody. Yeah, you put yeah. the belt on me with yeah, that picture. That that we took. Yeah, that picture we took. I, I even remember leaving the arena that night, and as I was driving away, I looked inside. And I still saw you taking pictures with other people <laughs> with the belt. I could have only imagined how many pictures were taken with you in the belt that night. Oh, yeah, there was a ton. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, because it's not just my belt. It's my team, my family's. No. Yeah, it's, I mean, my belt's at the gym. It's not, I don't even consider it mine. It's the gym's, you know. Yeah, I was going to mention that because it was a great night for you, but it was also a great night for your team at Victory MMA going 4-0, all wins coming by finishes at Cage Thunder 21. You also had that great moment in the cage with your entire team after the win. It got that amazing picture. Something like that goes beyond just yourself. What did that aspect of the night, and I'm sure key memory for you in your mind, mean to you? Oh, it meant so much. Um, it's funny, my coach always talks about like how like, there's a lot of pressure whenever there's a bunch of wins and you know, it's very hard to get a clean sweep on a card. And after Devin picked up his win, you know, the TKO in the first round, it, well, I didn't even have that feeling. Like normally it's like a, you have butterflies, like, Oh, I don't want to lose the streak and this and that. And I mean, I wasn't even thinking about it. Like we, I just looked at it as momentum that uh, our team's winning and I'm going to keep going with this. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a great night. I'm so happy for everyone. Um, and we're going to continue to get better and bring more belts back and just keep doing what we're doing, turn pro, and just keep growing our gym. Yeah, man, before we continue on with your career, Cage Thunder, I believe, what, 22, mm-hmm. another victory MMA guy in the yeah. main event fighting for a title, Luke McMurtry. I've had him on many times, and I was close with you, mm-hmm. fighting Branson Price, I believe, in the main event. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that fight? Oh, it's a really good matchup for Luke. I like Branson a lot, too, but yeah, Luke's Luke's like my brother in the gym. We've came up together. We've almost had identical careers. You know, we've all we started around the same time fighting. Um, obviously, very similar records, somewhat similar styles. I mean, we're both grappling heavy, but yeah, it's a good matchup for him. I mean, he's just bigger. I mean, Branson's coming up a weight class. He's a very hard worker, and I have a lot of respect for Branson. But I don't think his skill set really matches up the best with Luke because hmm. Luke does what Branson does better, and he's bigger than him. So I mean, yeah, if you just look look at it off paper and you know, what we know about Luke, it's it's a good matchup for him. Interesting. Yeah, I like that breakdown, and I can't wait to see Luke in action at Cage Thunder 22, I believe August 12th. Talking to Nasty Nick Nash on Forge in Ohio. Before we get to your upcoming fight on July 15th, I know you've also had some career development, I believe, since you've last been on the show. You posted on social media in February that you had become a paramedic and soon to be a firefighter. So first of all, congratulations Second of all, what's the day job look like for you nowadays? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I actually, I finished fire school the Friday before the fight. So that was my last day of school. I was completely certified firefighter paramedic. So I'm working at Canal Fulton in Mogador right now. And it's nice. I, I just work 24s. I usually do 24s like one day a week. Then at Mogador, I'll work eight to four a few days a week. That way I can still go to training those days. But yeah, it's nice because whatever day I'm not working on 24, I can just work have two a days. Um, I mean, that's the main reason I picked this career is working on 24 and then being able to train twice a day the days I'm off. And yeah, I mean, I love it. It's a very rewarding career, you know, dealing with the public, dealing with people. I love that. I love talking to people, meeting new people and just building relationships. And, you know, obviously everyone thinks it's cool that I fight. Once they find out, they're like, oh, you fight? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's cool, so... What do your coworkers think about it? Huh. It's a mix of emotions, I guess you could say. <laughs> my uh, my chief at Mogador, he's like, he wants me to take the full-time spot over there, but I'm not working full-time until I'm done with fighting. 
He's just like, what would your dad say? Like, <laughs> don't you don't want to fight. You want to take the full-time career, full-time job. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not ready for it yet. Like, I want to keep on training and commit myself to fighting. And then in a couple of years, I'll come back and, <laughs> and work full-time for you. It sounds like it's been a pretty nice job to have to balance with, you know, MMA, becoming a better mixed martial artist. Talk to me about that balance that you've achieved so far. Oh, yeah, it's been great. It's like you say, it definitely is a balance. It's hard. I mean, last week I clocked like 90 hours by Thursday, but it's nice working part-time because they allow me to leave and go to practice. So every day last week I was able to take a break, go to practice, but it was definitely a lot. Like I'm someone who likes to like not stop and keep on working. So it's definitely hard because there's all these open shifts during the summer. I want to pick them all up, but I got to remember training comes first. Like it's not about my career right now. It's about my fighting career. So I got to find that balance to where, you know, working one, maybe two 24s a week, getting enough sleep, getting enough rest. And it's just, it's a learning curve, but it's definitely something I'm, I'm going to work, work at and learn that balance between the work and the training, getting enough sleep recovery. And it's new to me, but I'll, I'll definitely learn how to make it the best for me. I feel like a lot of people don't have that drive that you do. And you mentioned those hours that you're working along with practicing and training at mixed martial arts. How do you stay motivated at both jobs and careers that you're trying to go after right now? I've kind of found out a long time ago, starting this MMA journey, that it's really not even about motivation. It's just about discipline and sacrifice because, I mean, I I enjoy working. I do. I, I enjoy beating at my craft, whether it's my career, my fighting career, or whatever it may be. But of course, there's always nights where I just want to go hang out with my friends, you know, like mess around and just have fun. And I think those actually out outweigh the days I actually want to be there. But it's just about discipline. I mean, if you want to get to the next level, you want to be, you know, in the UFC, you want to fight for belts, big belts, big promotions. I mean, it's just about sacrifice. I mean, that's how the world works. If you put in the time and the effort into something, it's going to pay off. I mean, you just have to believe that. And the more time you put in, the luckier you get and doors start opening for you and yeah I mean it's just really about sacrifice discipline and just showing up every day that's the hardest part yeah I feel like you've kind of become an expert at doing that so far it sounds like the plan also hasn't changed since we last talked in December fighting right now that's your main focus then of course balancing that with your job while you're fighting and then after that pursuing maybe a full-time position as a firefighter does that sound kind of what you're going after right now oh yeah I've, I've always said like by the time I'm 30 I want to be done competing I'm going to give everything I have for the next you know eight years of my life to fighting and just take it as far as I possibly can no regrets nothing just trying to be the best in the world you know I want to have I've set a goal that by the time I'm 26, I want to fight for a big belts promotion, you know, whether that be Bellator, PFL, even one UFC, whatever. I want to fight for a big promotion belt by the time I'm 26. And that's that's a goal that really motivates me. And like, I mean, we talked about it last time I was on here. You got to go big, make a big goal and try to go after it. And that's that's what really pushes you and forces you to work and get after it. When you set those deadlines for yourself, 26 fighting for a big title for a big promotion, 30 retirement, does that put more pressure on you? I know like you're disciplined and everything like that, but does that put a little bit more pressure on you and your career? Um, honestly, no, not for me. Because like we talked about before, I mean, every day is a struggle. <laughs> like It's yeah. a grind to work the, work the hours, you know, train. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that by 30, <laughs> that I'll be done. It, it's what keeps me sane, you know, because I just thinking about like, 
working as hard as I am till I'm 40, like that kind of sucks. I mean, I, I love the process, I do, but like I said, I'm going all out for eight years. And if I don't make it by then, then I can resort to my career or whatever. But this is my plan A right now. I just, I want to give everything I have and it, it keeps me sane to think, you know, I'm setting a deadline on myself because I got to stop myself. If not, I'd be 60 out there chasing <laughs> chasing a fighting career. Yeah, I feel like that's a smart route, too, because we see so many fighters nowadays fighting maybe for too long and mm. the, the sport retires them instead of retiring from the sport themselves. Sounds like that's kind of what you're doing. Maybe more fighters should follow that path as well. Mm -hmm. Once again, this is Nasty Nick Nash with us on Forge in Ohio. So you're going to be in action again soon on July 15th at Brawl in the Berg 17. That's less than a two-month turnaround for you. And I believe you announced it just like shortly after your win over Kyle Crum. How long had this fight been in the works and why the quick turnaround? Yeah, I mean, they 247, it seems like a really good promotion. They contacted my coach I think it was probably Sunday or Monday right after the fight, like two days later. And my coach had brought it up to me. And, uh, you know, I'm always down for a challenge. But even me, I was like, all right, give me a couple of days. Like, give me a week to think about it. And there was a couple other opponents in the works for other cards. But this matchup just really excited me. And going into hostile territory, that's something I haven't done yet. And in order to get to the next level, you have to challenge yourself in that way. And go into a hostile crowd. I mean, he's from PA. He's actively on Pitt's wrestling roster. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going to bring the house with him. It's going to be a big environment, hostile crowd against me. There's definitely a lot of things going against me in this fight, but that's also what excited me about it. Just knowing that will make me train that much harder and uh, really just, just train my butt off this camp. It's, it's an exciting fight. He's a very tough fighter. I have a lot of respect for him as a competitor. He's a heavy wrestling background, but, I mean, all his fights have been by TKO. And from what I've watched, he's got very good striking as well. So I think it's gonna, definitely going to be a war, and I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be a great contest. 247 is calling this PA's best versus Ohio's best. How do you feel about fighting in that enemy territory at Brawl in the Berg 17? And are you going to embrace that enemy crowd? And especially with the win, you know, send those those fans home unhappy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. I mean, like I said, I've always fought at Cage Thunder, same venue, you know, same promotion. And it's very exciting to get to a bigger promotion, bigger crowd that's against me. Um, but it should still be very exciting. And it's just a challenge that excites me. And it gets me after my training and really gives me that extra oomph. Yeah, so with this being your first fight outside of the state of Ohio and Cage Thunder, I'm not going to pretend that I know all the amateur MMA rule sets of nearby states, but I know certain differences exist. Are you going to have to deal with any changes fighting in Pennsylvania instead of Ohio? No, so this is uh, PA. They have like their regular amateur rules and advanced AMI. So advanced AMI is just like the state of Ohio's amateur, but I believe before three fights, they do like shin guards, no ground and pound, two-minute rounds, so I, I wouldn't really be interested in that if it was that kind of fight. Um, but this is completely like a regular amateur fight for me, for us Ohio boys. Right. That's definitely exciting, too. And, I mean, really just riding that Ohio wave. And, of course, this is Forged in Ohio. I'm very prideful of the state of Ohio, as many people know. Are you going to be having a chip on your shoulder as well, knowing that you're going in there representing Ohio against, again, what 247 is calling PA's best versus Ohio's best? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I read some quote the other day. It was, uh, you don't fight because you hate what's in front of you. You fight because you love what's behind you. 
And that's definitely the mindset I'm going into this fight with. You know, I wrote that quote on my calendar and, you know, I'm living by that for this fight camp. I have no animosity towards them, their crowd, their their people, their guy. But I have a lot of pride for the people behind me. You know, the state of Ohio as a whole and my team, my family. And I got to fight for, for myself and what I'm doing. Absolutely. I love that. Your opponent is Jeff Magan. You kind of talked about him a little bit there. He trains out of Stout PGH, wrestles at Pitt, and has that 3-1 and record. He's also coming off that insane knockout win. How do you envision that fight against Magan going down on July 15th? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of variables. I don't, like, predict my fight, like, inch by inch what's going to happen. But we're two aggressive fighters. We both come forward. From what we've watched, he's not a very heavy, like, wrestling type. Um, he's not like the Khabib that's going to, like, wear on you and wrestle you out. And he, he wants to stand up. He wants to bang. So we got game plan for that just from a technical aspect. Whether I want to wrestle with him or whether I want to stand up, that's still stuff being worked on. I mean, we got a month out, so we're still trying to iron out our game plan and what, what we're going to do. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be fireworks regardless. Like, it's going to be a good fight. I'm very excited for it with his style and my style, both going forward. You know, no one's going to take a step back. And uh, like I always say, it's just a battle of wills. I mean, it's whoever wants it more. That's that's the fight I make it. That's the, what all my fights have been. Just who's going to dig deeper, you know, make it dirty and uh, make it a brawl. Any doubt in your mind that you become 6-0? Oh, no. I mean, anything can happen. I can get caught with anything at any time. You know, I, I'm not attached to my undefeated record whatsoever. I just want to fight the best guys and put on the best performance I can. But I always believe I can win. I'm going to win. You know, everything in my heart, I believe in that. Are you going to try and keep that submission streak alive, too? <laughs> I know you don't like predicting it, but well, I know that yeah, submission I streak mean, is something there. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I might as well. I've got five already. Might as well make it six. On uh, July 16th, assuming you get some sleep the night of your next fight, you could wake up as a 6-0 amateur fighter with one title on your resume. What does the future look like for you as an amateur fighter after your next fight? Well, actually, so this one is for a title. Okay. Yeah, it was a, there was a big mix-up, I guess, with my coach and their promoters. I don't talk to their matchmakers at all. But, yeah, with the picture they posted, I had contacted my coach. I'm like, it's for a title, right? And he's like, yeah, but let me ask. And he asked, and they were like, no, it's not for a title. And they had told him over the phone, I guess, that he thought that it was for a title. That's what I was told. So eventually, just yesterday, we got that worked out. It is for a title. So, Interesting. So the, is it the 247 amateur light heavyweight title, I'm yes. assuming? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So a little bit more stakes. Not only are you fighting in enemy mm -hmm. territory against a game opponent, but now for what would be a second amateur title, even more right. excitement surrounding this fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's all that made sense. I mean, we're both coming off wins. We both had over four fight, over three fights. So it didn't make sense if it wasn't for a title for us. But yeah, to get back to your question, sorry. Um, yeah, I, after this, as long as I win, I'm going to be going pro. Um, that's the best thing for me after talking to my coaches. I believe I've seen every type of fighter I can at the amateur level. Some very high-level guys that I've fought and beat. And yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm not going to waste any time with this. You know, I uh, I believe I'm ready. And turning pro is just another challenge that really excites me. Obviously, I'm not looking past Jeff at all. But once I get my hand raised, I'm looking to go pro and really, you know, take myself to the next level and keep on winning and keep on doing what I'm doing. Yeah, that's really exciting, man. And I could definitely see you. And let me know if you agree with this. Like, could you kind of see yourself, your first amateur fight, fighting for like an LFA or like a B2 fighting series, kind of on one of those bigger cards that are spotlighted somewhere? 
because of your fighting style. You know, right now you're 5-0 and with all your wins coming via submission, but also just that brawling fighting style that you bring to the cage every single time you compete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I could definitely see that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this fight, but I've been talking with Cage Thunder, and if that doesn't happen, then I'm going to make my pro debut in December mm -hmm. um, for them. I'm going to take, after this one, I'm probably going to take a couple amateur boxing fights, kickboxing fights, and just test myself in different kinds of combat. But yeah, if we don't get that big call, then we're going to wait till December and make my debut on the Cage Thunder card in December, the Canton Civic Center, and it'll be a really good show. Right. I was going to ask if that was the card that was at the Civic Center, mm -hmm. even a bigger crowd. I don't know what the crowd at Brawl in the Berg 17 looks like, but definitely mm -hmm. probably the biggest crowd you would compete at at the Civic Center, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And how exciting would that be fighting re what relatively your hometown, right? Canton Civic yeah. Center. So yep. how awesome would that be for you? competing there oh that'd be awesome yeah I, I mean i love the guys at cage thunder i mean randy eric they've had my back since the beginning you know they all they they're gonna sponsor me for this fight um take care of me and, you know they just always had my back randy's such a good solid dude i mean i've been blessed to start my amateur career with their promotion um and i got nothing but good things to say about them i mean they're, they're great Absolutely. I've heard nothing but good things about Cage Thunder. I've had a bunch of their athletes, or athletes that have fought for Cage Thunder on Forge in Ohio in the past. Last time you were on Forge in Ohio, you said that you could get better everywhere. How has your game progressed in your past two fights, and how much further can you take it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just uh, my offensive wrestling has been has been pretty good, has been getting better, um, and my stand-up can always be improved on. But a lot of it is just the mentality during the fight, you know? Everyone's talented, especially at the high amateur pro level. Everyone's talented. Everyone's got their style. But what really takes you to the next level is the mental. You know, with my fight in December and my last fight, my main goal, like I said earlier, was just to keep a cool head, um, to keep my mind in control, um, not get too high or too low, and just be in discipline in my approach in training camp and in the fight. That's definitely what I've ironed out since the last time we talked is just the mental aspect and you know, really training my mind, working my mind, like I always do, but even more so now. Yeah, and you mentioned even competing in things like amateur boxing and Muay Thai, just improving that well-rounded skill set moving into potentially after your fight on July 15th, a pro career. Man, it's going to be one interesting Nasty Nick Nash if you get that done and then really just rearing out that well-rounded skill set. I guess kind of talk about why you want to compete in those other skill sets and how you're looking to advance your game from here and then moving forward into your career. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm confident in my boxing. Um, that's my best stand-up for sure. I'm, I, I think I'm a very good boxer. But as a whole, my striking is my weakest aspect by far. So it would be great to just get some experience in straight up just boxing, you know, amateur boxing rules, um, as well as, yeah, kickboxing, Muay Thai, amateur rules, and just really getting my striking ironed out because – I mean, that's my game plan. I mean, everyone talks about being a specialist in one thing and how that that's the way to go. I mean, back in the day, yeah, if you're talking jujitsu, I mean, everyone had their own special abilities. And some people think you should be a master in one, one skill set, you know, BJJ, wrestling, whatever. But for me, I just want to be completely well-rounded. I mean, I don't want to be the best, like the most amazing at one thing and then be really crappy at another. So like I'm trying to double down on my weaknesses and uh, just continue to be where I'm at with my strengths, with my grappling and everything. And just try to be well-rounded. That way you can adapt to any opponent. You know, I fought, you know, the wrestlers. I fought the good strikers. I fought, you know, a lot of people. But because I'm well-rounded, I've been able to come out with a victory and make it my fight like a utility, you know, someone who can adapt to any circumstance. Um, and, yeah, just be well-rounded well in my training and my, my abilities. 
yeah, that makes perfect sense. I can't wait for your sixth amateur fight. And also, I'm just really excited to be able to follow your career and your great amateur run that you're on now. And hopefully you can turn pro and have as much, if not more success as a professional mixed martial artist that you are right now as an amateur. Before we wrap up, anything that you want to shout out in terms of social media handles, things going on at the gym, sponsorships, anything like that, the floor is yours, man. Yeah, I mean, the one sponsorship, Cage Thunder, obviously they're going to take care of me for my next fight. Now, big shout out to them. And as I said, I think very highly of them and appreciate them a lot. And all my teammates at Victory, my coaches, Drew, Terry, um, my dude, Dylan Miller, um, he's one of my teammates. We've been hitting strength and conditioning really hard since the last time I saw you. That's another thing that we've really been working on and getting after. He's very knowledgeable on that, and he's been helping me out a ton, so i got to give him a huge shout-out. And just all my friends, my family, my buddy Seth. He's probably listening to this whenever it comes out. <laughs> Appreciate you, dog. Um, and, yeah, family, friends, everyone. I just want to thank everyone my team. Appreciate everything. This is just the beginning. Just the beginning, man. I can't wait. Thanks again, Nick, for joining me on the show for the second time and going even further to make it back in the studio as well. It was a pleasure to see you work at Cage Thunder 21, and I can't wait for your future bouts. Before I let you go, you're already familiar with how I like to end these interviews on Forge in Ohio. It's with the OHIO chant. So, OHIO. Thanks, Nick. Thanks again for doing this. Good luck on July 15th and in preparation for that fight, and hopefully we'll talk again soon, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. You're doing a great thing here. That was Nasty Nick Nash, the 5-0 amateur mixed martial artist and the most recent winner of the Caged Thunder Light Heavyweight Championship. He was the first light heavyweight to be featured on Forge in Ohio last December, and now he has claimed gold in the weight class. It's truly, truly a beautiful thing. Nash is a brawler inside the cage. I'm sure he's going to bring it on July 15th against a very game opponent at Brawl in the Berg 17, and I'm just excited that I get to continue following his great amateur run. That's going to do it for episode 34 of Forge in Ohio. Of course, I do ask that you follow the podcast on social media at Forged in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. That helps me out a lot, along with downloading episodes on your favorite podcast platform. I'll talk to you all again next week with yet another guest. Until then, I've been your host, Jake Murrin, and this was Forged in Ohio.